From multiple highly secure top secret locations throughout South Texas, this is the Spurs Insider Podcast with staffers from the San Antonio Express News. I am Mike Finger. I'm with Nick Talbot and Jeff McDonald. And due to technical issues, we were unable to wrangle Tom Ringo Starr Orsborne this morning, but he is with us in spirit. Uh, as we discuss one of the most jam-packed weeks in NBA history in terms of transactions, which entire teams were remade. We had just movement from team to team, from franchise to franchise, trades, free agent signings, and the San Antonio Spurs look pretty much like they did last time we had a podcast. What are your general impressions of the first week of free agency, Jeff McDonald? Uh, the Spurs did not bring back Marco Bellinelli. That was that's the big news from the first first week of. I mean, if they were going to do it, they would have done it. Not so yet. I think, I think Marco is just uh, going to go on to a career as being an emissary to the Pope now. What we really needed for this podcast was some kind of inside scoop, or maybe a tape recording, or or some kind of details about Marco Bellinelli meeting with Pope Francis at the Vatican. This is not a joke. People think this is a joke. But Pope Pope Francis met with NBA players about social justice issues uh, at the Vatican this past week, according to the New York Times, uh, multiple outlets said this happened. And Marco Bellinelli was one of those players. And I just I just think this lends credence and validation to all the time that we spent talking about one of our greatest spurs over the years to know that he is uh, uh, just esteemed and respected enough to have, to have had this audience. Right. Yeah. Uh, so- sources are saying that Pope Francis is going around telling everybody about the time he got to meet Marco Bellinelli. That's true. That's <laughs> true. Uh, but, but on the free agent, free agent topic, Marco Bellinelli will not be back. Another long time, Popular topic on this podcast, Bren Forbes will not be back. Those are basically the two um, quote-unquote moves that the Spurs made this week is not bringing back those two guys. It, are, are, are we kind of sad to see the end of the Bren Forbes era, even though we've known for a long time that it was coming to an end? Are we sad? I mean, he was a good guy. He was good to talk to. Um, he, he was a good NBA role player, but I, I think as we've discussed on this podcast numerous times, uh, eventually it's time to move on from, from those types of players. If you are going to rebuild, uh, into this younger, sleeker, more athletic, um, sort of, sort of beast that the Spurs are trying, trying to build. So like you said, we're not really, I think the word you use to argue, you like to argue with people on Twitter a lot. I've noticed uh-huh. like, it's really one of your flaws. Um, uh-huh. Uh, the word you used uh, arguing with someone on Twitter was he was a placeholder. And I think right. that's a good way to look at it. Like he's not a guy that they thought is just this great shooting guard. We have to start. He's just the bridge from one era to the next. And I think the next era is here. Um, and it's probably best for Bryn Forbes and best for the Spurs. If, if he goes on to greener pastures and those greener pastures are, are, are in Milwaukee where he has a chance to, to be a part of a playoff team and a team that fancies itself a uh, title contender. So good for him. Um, the, the Spurs probably still need shooting. Can we can we can talk about that if you want? Like he sure. was the one guy that shot forty percent last year for them, or no, he didn't actually. But um, he was one of you guys capable of it, right? And uh, I, I'm not sure how you replace that except for in house. I mean, it's going to be guys um, that haven't haven't been knocked down three point shooters yet, uh, morphing into that. 
I got a kick out of, and we might as well get this out of the way up front because uh, this comes up naturally on, on expressnews.com where you can get all your Spurs coverage in addition to subscribing to the Spurs Nation newsletter. Uh, the headline on your on your end of a Brent Forbes era story referred to him as a fan favorite, which I which I found high, highly amusing because yes, lots of lots of fans did enjoy uh, Brent Forbes, and, and why shouldn't they? But lots of fans did not. And well, I, I think I, you I was, have to be careful about there are there are the fans that are uh, the vast majority of fans that are just watching on TV and are in right. the arena when there's not a pandemic, and the subset that's on Twitter. And I think yeah. he was. He was uh, uh, unpopular with the subset that was on Twitter, but probably more popular with just uh, like the normal, um, non-insane people. And nobody was wrong. I don't want to. I don't want to dismiss. Nobody was wrong. Them as ins- the, the, sure. in- insane is kind of inflammatory and unfair. I, I mean, know, people, but I'm people inflammatory about person. the team. And Brent Forbes was unproductive towards the end. But just to put tie this up in a bow and never talk about Brent Forbes again, um, I, I think it's sad. I think it's 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 fair to say, like I like I've said on here before, that he was a uh, a, a success for the developmental team for the for the personnel uh, staff of the Spurs to have turned an undrafted guy into a, a a guy who was productive for at least a couple of years, uh, who offered something to the team, and it was also fair for people to wonder, you know, why he was playing when these younger guys who have much higher uh, ceilings much higher upsides weren't playing and I think just to just to finish this off um, everybody was everybody had a point everybody was uh, I mean I mean it's, it's fair to both appreciate Brent Forbes for what he was and to be ready to see him go but I don't think you can look back on this past season or really any seasons and say that he robbed any the Spurs any young player of their careers or anything like that I, I think uh, if if one were to say that Greg Popovich felt that he could not play Lonnie Walker or Keldon Johnson or name your young guy because he had Bren Forbes on the team, that would have been a mistake. But I don't think that ever was the case. Bren Forbes, like you said, like I said, was the placeholder that a guy he was he was able to play. Uh, Pop was able to put him on the court while he had those younger guys either hone their craft in the G league or do what they needed to do in practice to get their playing time on down the line. I, I don't think that the Spurs right now, as we record this podcast during Thanksgiving week to 2020 um, would be in a, in a much better position, worse position, much different position. If, if Brent Forbes hadn't been around the past year, um, some guys are, there's value to be had in a placeholder in the NBA. That's not an insult. I mean, that uh, to be a guy who's able to take minutes uh, during the course of a season, which in which a team kind of competed for a, a playoff spot. I mean, that's, that's nothing to kind of shake your head at. So yeah, the Bryn Forbes era with the Spurs is over. As of now, the era on the Spurs Insider podcast is over, and we can uh, we can move on into what, what did you say? The Spurs need shooting. The Spurs. What, what else did the Spurs? What else? Well, you the know, they, they well before we get to that, they they did actually like uh, they did sign some people, re-sign some people, re-signed. Okay. You could talk about those people if you want. I mean, um, I'm not a dictator what? here. I mean, do you? Uh, uh, I, I, I allow all members of this podcast to speak about what they wish. 
So go ahead. I think the, the Jakob deal was actually a pretty good deal for him too. I mean, he wasn't too expensive compared to what some of the some other centers in the league have been getting, which is shocking because centers, you know, probably not the most important position in the NBA anymore. But I think it's yeah, the Jakob signing is important for the Spurs because it keeps that core intact that played in Orlando so well, um, and really give. And I think I think we've talked about how he really fit well with that with that core that you know that played so well in Orlando. So I think it was a good signing, and and the money was good for Jakob and. Obviously, it was good for the Spurs, too. You know, they didn't have to go out there and give them Davis Bertans money, which is shocking in, a, in itself. Good old Davis. On the I last podcast, we um, talked about – on the last podcast, we talked about how um, the Spurs might have taken a risk last year by not uh, signing Pervel to that extension, uh, the same point in his career that DeJounte Murray got, um, because he was going to head into restricted free agency and somebody could blow him away with a huge – offer but clearly um everything worked out for not just the spurs but for the uh, but for purtle who i think probably monitored that those first few hours of free agency and realized what other big men were getting and i think came to the conclusion pretty quickly that if the spurs made him an offer like the one that they made that he should jump on it just forget this whole restricted free agency thing that that worked out well Right. I, I think he was probably the – the I mean, not probably. He was the in-house priority mm-hmm. coming into free agency. And then after those opening hours of free agency um, where, you know, I think Detroit signed every available center in like the first mm-hmm. hour of free agency, um, I think it became even more of a more of a priority for the Spurs because they weren't going to be able to replace him if he was able to get another offer. And the flip side of that, though, was that the market dried up so fast that there really wasn't any other offers out there um, beyond – like it got to where the only thing Jakob was going to be able to get was the MLE, which um, that's basically the price range he fell into with the Spurs. So, uh, yeah, it, it worked out for both sides. They they really like if, if they had somehow lost him um, this week, it would have been problematic trying to trying to to fill that hole. I, I think they're already probably one big man short if I were putting together the team. Um, so if they were to lose him, it would be even more problematic to replace replace. Him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it it would have taken a huge offer for them to lose him because they they had the the option of matching basically whatever offer right. Um, right. It, it would it would have taken somebody willing to overpay him I think and like that, Bogdanovich, that Bogdanovich money Bogdanovich money which isn't um, quite and, Gordon and, Hayward money right and Nick mentioned our our old friend Dobbs earlier who um, I think everybody here is happy for him to be a multi 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 millionaire as a narrow shouldered. Uh, defensive challenged uh just absolute marksman of a of a stretch four um just nice guy and um, i mean for him to cash in like he did on the open market i don't think anybody saw that coming a couple of years ago when he was with the spurs but you know good for him we mentioned how the spurs need shooting in free agency that that would have been a guy that'd been nice to have on the roster and and not trade for magic beans right but but i don't know if the spurs would have been willing or able to have paid him what Washington did. Right. So you might have been losing him this summer anyway. Once again, it's a situation where um, maybe somebody could have done something differently at some point. Um, Obviously, if the Spurs would have known what Marcus Morris had in mind in terms of reneging on on the agreement that they had with him, they wouldn't have dealt Bertans in the first place. 
but let's say Berton stays around last year, has the year that he had in Washington. What does that make the Spurs last year? Maybe a French playoff team. Maybe the streak continues. Um, maybe, but maybe. then he maybe maybe not. Um, but even if he did, um, you know, the he probably still leaves via free agency because someone's if I don't think the Spurs ever were going to offer him what the Wizards did. And then you don't have uh, Devin Vassell, maybe. Maybe you right. don't. Uh, you still have your streak, but you're still in the same general predicament with a lower draft pick. So there, yeah. there can be silver linings to everything, I suppose. Yeah, you can you can butterfly effect a lot of this stuff. And um, I, mean, I didn't wake up this morning thinking about talking about Davis Bertans, but it, since we're down that road, had he still been on the team last year, I don't know that he has the year that he had in Washington because I don't know that right. I just don't know that Pop gives him the green light to shoot from forty-five feet uh, right. as many times as he wants to. And if if he doesn't have that year, then maybe he doesn't have the free agent. Um, uh, he's not the free agent uh, uh, target that he became based on what he did in Washington. Maybe the Spurs can retain. I mean, like what I'm saying is maybe this kind of all worked out for Dobbs at least, where he, right. he got right. a chance to yeah. just basically work out for him. Yeah, let fly, show what he can do, and become a guy that you want to pay all that, all those bucks to. And I don't think it it dramatically uh, impacted. And I hate using impact as a verb, but I just did. I don't, I don't think it it dramatically changed where the Spurs are as an organization heading into this offseason. Um, just being, it'd be nice to have the shooting. That's that's that's. It all. would be. And I, I I don't know that they need. You mentioned earlier they might be a big man short. I think they're fine there. Um, they seem to think they're fine, so we'll go with that. I mean, they, you, today's you, NBA, they're probably fine, but if, that's if right. They count, probably could use some more shooting. If you count LaMarcus Aldridge as a big man, which he is in today's NBA, I mean, you've got LaMarcus, Pirtle, Eubanks, uh, Trey, Trey, Lyles. Trey Lyles. I think that's that's probably enough. So um, are we took, Tyler, we, Tyler Zeller still on the team, although he probably yeah, will be I, waived yeah. at some point. He'll probably be waived at some point. Yeah, it looks uh, like he's going to get – waived because if you look at the luxury tax it, it might put them close to that so if they especially if they sign another fella yeah. um the 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 critique about needing the shooting i think that's a much bigger um desire for them right now than another other big man to, to i mean i think that's part of the reason you saw in the bubble Derek white just just taking six seven eight three pointers a game because i think that's right. one place where you're looking that you can get it and maybe like Lonnie Walker actually shot forty percent from three last year. It just wasn't a lot of volume. Maybe you maybe right. you can make up for it there. I don't know that we're ever going to see Dejounte Murray be a be a knockdown three point shooter. Um, the bench shooting outside of Patty Mills, I don't know what to make of that. Um, is is Vassell? Does he get on the floor just because he's a he's a three point guy? Maybe maybe so. You know, there's you know who's still out there that they could sign uh, for for three and D help is Damari Carroll. <laughs> I would uh, I would bet a large sum of um, magic beans that that does not happen. All right. Well, Demar Carroll was not one of the more happy Spurs in recent memory. I think Demar Demar Carroll Kawhi Leonard running neck and neck into into who wanted out of here more at that at the, towards the end. Um, but open this podcast talking about all the stuff that happened during the first week of free agency. And leading up to that, there were reports and, and I think legitimate ones that the Spurs were trying to make something happen. The fact that they didn't, I think, can be two things at once. It can be unsurprising 
because a lot of what they were trying to do is complicated, but also, I guess if you're looking at it from a fan's perspective, kind of disappointing because you don't want status quo. You feel like you don't want status quo when you're the ninth, 10th seed in the West. So I guess looking forward, I I would assume that, and I've written this, that DeMar DeRozan and LaMarcus Aldridge heading into the final year of their contracts with the Spurs are going to remain available, basically, on the trade market until they're dealt or until the trade deadline comes in in February. Um, I, I just think that's fairly obvious, fairly fairly matter of fact for a team that is on the outside of the playoff picture looking in. They might get in there this year, they might not. But you're dealing with two really expensive guys in the final year of their contracts. And it, it just seems like, like I said, up up until one of them leaves or until that deadline passes, we're going to hear about both those guys at least being available. Yeah, it's going to be an you ongoing storyline between now and I don't know if the deadline is still going to be in February or right. if they've March. Said that, but yeah, it's going to be it's going to be an ongoing storyline. And I, I don't know that there, there's a lot of moving parts and it's, and it's complicated. I mean, we there's a lot of reasons to want to move those guys. You look at Aldridge, like we, we talked about earlier, Pirtle being the center of the future and playing so well with that that small ball, uh, you know, group. I, I don't know what you do, how you play with that small ball group as a starting group. If LaMarcus Aldridge and DeMar DeRozan are, are still on your team, we kind of talked about this last week mm-hmm. a little bit. Like, so Pirtle looks like he's kind of the guy you want to go with, but but he's not going to be your starter if LaMarcus Aldridge is here, I don't think. Right. Um, but the flip yeah. side of that is the thing the Spurs are doing right now, need to be doing right now it, in general, and this is not any breaking news. Is I hope RC is listening to this. I hope RC and Brian Wright and Pop are all listening to this when Jeff McDonald well, says what the Spurs what I'm going need to be what, doing well, now. What, <laughs> the way I'm going to finish this sentence is blatantly obvious. They're building for the future. Uh-huh. They're not so ninth, tenth, eleventh, twelfth. It doesn't matter. But right. one of the worst things you can do to screw up that building for the future is to um, take on bad contracts that are going right. to, to mess up your books going into next season. That's not going to next summer, right? But I don't know how you trade Lamarcus and Demar to people because there's nobody. One way to do it is to trade to people that has the teams that has the cap space to absorb them. Except right. there are no none of those teams anymore. There's like three, or whatever. So if you can't trade to those teams, you have to take back contracts to make the math work. And right. if all those contracts are also expiring, great. But I would bet that most of the contracts teams are going to try to give you back are not going to be expiring. And you start stacking up an eight million here and a seven million there going into next summer, and it eats up all your space. So I, I that I, to me that's one thing that's going to prevent just uh, oh just trade Lamarcus, just trade Demar is. Um, you don't want to be taking on anybody else's albatross at this point. It's, it, at some point, it's just better for them to play out the season and go and get nothing for them, right? And and have this have the space next next summer. That's that's the that's that's true. Um, a couple of things there. The I mean, reason, it's a lot of things. You have to weigh everything, is what the I'm reason saying. that some of those reports were out there that um, Aldridge and DeRozan might have been traded the week of free agency is because some of those teams exist at that point. Like exactly. Atlanta, Atlanta had all the cap space. They found other ways to use it, including our exactly. boy uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich. Um, the Warriors supposedly were interested in LaMarcus as a veteran big man on a team that wanted to be a title contender again. Then Clay Thompson gets hurt. 
is out for a year and they kind of have to scrap everything. I'm not sure that ever was going to happen, alters to Golden State. But once Thompson's gone, they have to just kind of regroup and figure out what are, what are, what are we going to do for shooting? They end up with uh, Kelly Oubre, I guess. Um, yes. And um, the Lakers were kind of in it for DeRozan, according to reports. They found all kinds of ways to remake their championship team. So some of those options dried up. For sure, Jeff, you're right when you say you don't take contracts that go beyond next season, large contracts to get rid of contracts now. That makes no sense. Right. And that's going to limit the kind of offers you're getting back, which is going to limit your ability to trade those guys. I'm not, I think, saying, it can't, I'm not saying it can't be done or it shouldn't be done, but you really have to think long and hard about what this is going to mean for next time. I think the format of some of these deals, if they happen, and, and I agree they're challenging and they might not happen. You might see LaMarcus and DeMar on this team through the end of next season. And then you just open up that cap space for next summer. But the format would be something, and I'm, and I'm not reporting this as a deal at all. I was just tinkering, tinkering around on trade machine the other day. Curious, time. curious as to the question that you had on, on what deals would even be out there. So first of all, um, our friend uh, Bon Temps always says never underestimate um, the, the, the number of dumb teams who are in the league. There, you can always find one. And There's so when I, think, when I think of dumb teams, I automatically think of the Knicks. <laughs> and uh, they have a new GM, so they might not be as dumb as they used to be. But a team like that that wants us, that would be dazzled by a star and think, oh, we're going to get something at somebody. And so it, just a deal that's not going to happen between the Spurs and the Knicks. But I'm just saying a format that could take place. A deal, DeMar DeRozan to the Knicks for uh, a young guy with some upside, although uh, I guess people are sort of souring on him. Kevin Knox, a recent lottery pick. And then like Julius Randle has a big contract for just one more year. It matches up with um, DeRozan or Aldridge or whoever. In other words, Randle's going to expire next year. Um, so do DeRozan. So you're not taking on any extra money in the future. Like that's the kind of deal. It's not a splashy deal. It's not franchise altering, but you get a young guy who might have some upside for the future. And then the rest of it is just a wash. But in the, in the trade machine is in terms of the salaries, like Randall plus a guy like Knox for DeRozan works. And again, this is n- I'm not reporting on something that the Spurs should do or thinking about doing whatever. I'm just using that as an example of the type of deal that a DeRozan or Aldridge would, would fetch. Yeah. You're just kind of adding a, 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 a roll of the dice there with a the kid like yeah. Knox. And even then with DeRozan's contract, if they were to do a trade like that, they'd almost have to do what the Pelicans did with Steven Adams. And I would assume the Knicks would want to extend a deal like that for DeRozan because then – it's just one expiring contract for the other and whether what are they giving up so right that's just showing that all those deals get very complicated i mean you look at that Pelican well there, there, there was a point in the knicks history where they, they might not have even wanted to extend i mean the, the knicks are, are have been really dumb for a long time um yes. and, and you, you can find that's, you can find dumb teams out there but even like the the options are fewer the options are more scarce today than they were when we reported when we recorded our last podcast, just because of the way free agency worked out, the way teams like Atlanta and the Lakers and on down the list kind of found ways to uh, fill their needs to 
use their space. Atlanta has almost too many players now. It's yeah, amazing. Atlanta, si- Atlanta signed the entire league pretty much. So it's, it's very, yeah. they, they have a completely new team. Um, they're going to be an interesting team in the East. I don't know if it's going to work, but it'll be. We'll see. It, then, then the, I guess the next thing is, and and I'm not trying to get rid of DeRozan or Aldridge. It's just kind of the most um, interesting topic to talk about when we're thinking about the future of the Spurs and roster construction and things like that. Um, if they're going to get moved, it seems like now it's at a standstill where there's not going to be a whole lot uh, of activity between now and the start of training camp. Teams have kind of chosen who they're going to be. The, the next opportunity would be once you get into the season and certain teams might identify some needs that they feel would put them over the hump in terms of a playoff spot or, or getting into a championship race or teams like that, there might be some opportunities opening there. But for now, I think who the Spurs are is probably who they're going to be heading into training camp. And I'm just wondering what Jeff thinks that is like, where, what, 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 what does this team look like? Now? Let me answer your question with a question. Cause this popped in my head. Let's, you know, it sounds like we're in agreement that odds are good that LaMarcus Aldridge and DeMar DeRozan are going to open the season with the Spurs and might play a, a large bit of the season with the Spurs and might yes. play the whole season with the Spurs. Right. Is there any point in there uh, where if you're pop, you just tell a guy like, because we've talked about the dynamic. You can't you can't play your young backcourt and Pirtle and Demar and Lamarcus. You can't start all those guys. That's too many guys. Um, is there a point where you're telling Lamarcus, "Hey, you're a bench player now," or maybe something like, "Hey, why don't you why don't you take a couple weeks off and and uh, you know you you got a sore knee and we're going to play the young guys." Dude, does that happen at any point of this season? Even if those guys are on your roster, uh, I will the the unequivocal no. No, and I yeah. will explain my reasons. First of all, Pop is just not going to bench either DeMar or LaMarcus. That's absolutely 100% not going to happen. Second of all, the suggestion about take a couple of weeks off sounds okay until you consider that LaMarcus Aldridge and DeMar DeRozan are about to enter free agency. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're, they're not about to take one for the team or to do anything to hurt their value when they're tr- looking for their next contract. That's going to be, that's just not going to happen. I think, and, and that's an argument for trying to trade one or both before the season starts or as soon as possible. Because if they're on the team, they're playing. And I just don't see any other way around that. And both have been, I, I pass along this disclaimer every time we talk about them. These aren't guys who have been negative for the franchise. They've just come right. at a time when the Spurs aren't championship contenders anymore. They've right. both kind of done what they were supposed to do. They've both been good teammates. They've been good with us. Uh, the guys in the locker room like them. Uh, Pop likes them. Um, they've achieved pretty much at the level that everyone expected they would achieve at when they became Spurs. They're, they're not huge disappointments, but they're not, I've said this over and over again, they're not going to be members or leaders of the next Spurs team that contends for an NBA title. And so we're kind of talking about a team that's in this placeholder mode, this, this transition period from one era to the next. And that transition doesn't really occur until you move on from those two guys. 
Um, okay, okay. So to go back to your question, so you've got Lamarcus and Demar on the roster for maybe the whole season. What is what is this team's? Uh, what can this team accomplish? Uh-huh. I mean, there's there are, are they in the mix for tenth? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, probably. I, mean, I, I, think, it, I think it's fair to phrase 10. it that way, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't like. There's a lot of other teams I think are in the mix for tenth that I like better. Yep. Yep. Well, I, I, I don't know if I like them better. Um, that's still the Spurs, like the Spurs. Still aren't just you. You look at some of the teams that have finished thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, and 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 the West over the years. They're not. There have been some bad teams. The Spurs aren't a bad team. They're a team. They're they're victims of how competitive the conference is now, for one thing. But you you look up and down the the roster, up and down the lineup. There's there's not guys who are just complete duds on their team right now. And 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 you can squint and see upside for 12, 13 guys on this team. It's just going to be really tough to keep their heads above a lot of other teams that are kind of in the same situation. So I, I think wrapping this up this week, if, if we're looking ahead to the start of training camp, uh, rather than focus on, can they finish 10th? Can they finish eighth? Can they finish seventh? What have you? I think you have to look at it kind of player play, by player. And going into this season, you want, more from Murray, you want more from White. You want all these individual guys who might be part of the future. You want two or three of them to kind of kind of emerge to where next year you feel, com- feel comfortable saying, yes, we can build around Keldon Johnson or Lonnie Walker or Derek White or whoever. And if this season is about sorting out which of those guys you can build around, I think that's probably more important than worrying about ninth place. Drew Eubanks. Drew Eubanks. He's going to be around. Another former former baseball pitcher. Um, anything? I guess we're we're also in a transition period. This podcast between free agency and the season. Any any final thoughts on this kind of middle period? I'm, I'm just I'm just happy Ringo got out of this somehow. <laughs> that was the most elaborate ditching of a podcast that I've seen in all my in all my days decades of recording podcasts where he comes on and just can't get the computer to work. And then we decide we're just going to do without Ringo this week. And he happily goes off on his day having coffee. Well, well you don't know cup. is uh, Ringo just said like the hell with COVID I'm doing a world tour yes. with, Van, with Van Morrison. So <laughs> right. Right. That's where he is. Yep. Anyway, we miss Ringo. We miss um, seeing all of, the podcast listeners in the arena guessing who's actually listening to the podcast and who's not. We know it's just two of you who are listening, but we appreciate you taking the time. We will see you again closer to training camp. Um, Until we see you the next time, take care of each other and keep it real. 